Kicking off hour number two in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio. It is three and out. Houston Crest, Adam Hickman, intern Brett with you. Tennessee baseball. Pretty solid weekend. Beating Gonzaga for the sweep. 8-2 on Friday, 7-2 on Saturday, and 17-9 yesterday. Um, Hickman, did you really see someone say that this team is... I saw a couple of people did, tweet. Wait, wait, did, hang on, like, did they say this team is like way better or definitely better or might be better? I think they said this team was better. Hmm. Hmm. Um, One of the greatest baseball teams we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I think last year. I mean, best team since last year might yeah. be the great. Might be. The, what, they start thirty-two and one. Yeah, or something? something like that. <laughs> last year, I think it's safe to say that was the greatest regular season college baseball team of all time. I don't think they'll get much kickback on that unless they, they just hate They UT. were up there, I mean, just mathematically with a couple of other good teams. They may not have been quite at the top, but also I don't think either of those teams were SEC teams. I mean, this league is ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculously good. Um, Blake Burke continues his reign of terror. Gosh, he's so fun to watch. I mean, every time he gets to the plate, you're just thinking. And it doesn't even have to be a home run. No, no, no. He's really, he's just, he's all over the place. It's really, really good. Um, trying to think, I had the stats pulled up real quick. Uh, he's averaging 420 right now, leading the team of, of guys who have played, you know, and yeah. the uh, the minimum requirement. Yeah. Um, let's see. Of your, I guess, technically starting nine. Like Charlie Taylor's batting 267 and Cal Starks at 240. Uh, everyone else over 300. And then obviously a lot of guys who haven't met the requirement batting, you know, three, four, 500, 600. Um, it was weird as we kind of saw, because I think we agreed we thought Maui would bat leadoff. Then he gets back and he's in the six hole. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're you know, Jared Dickey's obviously been getting on base and that's really great. Uh, was that switch made Saturday? Yes. Yeah. So Saturday they throw Maui um, at leadoff. They Did it again on Sunday. Five hole, I think. I think that's right. Um, Paid off because I think he hit a grand slam on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Saturday night. This team's going to be really, really good. If the if the batting can continue to – because that's what we said early in the season, right? If this team can find the bats, they're going to be just fine because the starting pitching is going to be good enough. Now, that's not to say they're going to be perfect every time out there. Beam got touched up a little bit yesterday. Um, Dolander got out of a pretty big jam. Yeah, right at the get-go. Yeah, I mean, right, right out of the gate. Yeah first, yeah, first three starts. He's he's not been as crisp. But then once he gets into the groove, it's yeah. it's like nasty. Yeah. Um, no, this team's really good. I think it's important to know. I, I realize people are excited. Uh, Tennessee has now won, what is that, 10 straight? 10 or 11. Yeah, 10, 10 or 11 in a row after the 0-2 start. Which I think This was not a have... good Gonzaga team, well, by no. the way. Well, surprisingly, I don't know. Obviously, no, they're projected to win their conference, conference, yeah. But they're what, 1 in – are they one in ten now? And they battled us like we were yeah. talking about off the air. Sure, like yeah. First six innings. Their schedule's been pretty stout though so far this year. Well, I don't think they played at home yet, have no, they? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's tough. And like, worth noting, I think you're undefeated right now if you have Maui and Griffin Merritt in the first two games of the season. I definitely would pencil in the win over Grand Canyon. Now Arizona, maybe who knows? But 
I, I mean, I don't think that's a stretch at all. I mean, you lost three to one and four to three. And one of the games we had three errors. Right. I think that cost uh, us yeah. A couple runs. I think I think there's a lot of. It could have been like having one or both of those guys back. Also, this is a new team. I mean, they, a lot of guys playing, um, you know, in new positions or in new lineups with guys they're not familiar with. I mean, we, I expected them to be slower out of the gate than last year, obviously because last year's team was absolutely ridiculous. But they're starting to find their stride a little bit now. And tonight's going to be a good test. Oh yeah. Yeah. BC. Yeah. Boston College is eight and one on the year. One eight in a row. Yeah, five and one away from home as well. Hmm. They lost to Pepperdine on opening day. Pepperdine. Yeah. What do you know about Pepperdine? Nothing. How much early on as well was, you know, the whole Maui stuff a distraction? You know, oh, not only that, but I mean, then Tony gets the suspension. But I mean, obviously but they've been winning since then. But I, I'd say out of the gate, well, and because that stuff, ha- I mean, his yeah, family was there, so it was right, right. And Tony knew this was going on since June, basically. So yeah, I'd say that's safe to say that there was some. Well, wait, why? Why isn't he eligible? Why isn't this fixed? Probably yeah, a little hesitation for the guys first two games of the season. Also, you went to Arizona to play two Arizona teams. Yep. Um, and that's. <laughs> All the opposing fan bases got upset when we didn't fall, you know, miles in the polls. But the point made by is it is it Kendall Rogers? That's yes, the, yeah. Kendall Rogers, D one baseball. He said, "Well, you know, hang on. These guys opened basically on the road to really test themselves, and it's not like they got creamed out there. You know, they was like, why didn't we drop? Why yeah, they lost two close games. We're going to give them credit for you know going out and actually testing your team early, and now uh, that appears to have paid off as we're starting to settle into." What I think is going to be our SEC starting lineup and batting order. Um, I think people are starting to get a little bit more comfortable in the field. Not as many mistakes. Still had a couple. Uh, I'm not going to hold it against them too bad. Some of the mistakes on uh, Friday and Saturday with the way the wind was absolutely just cruising through there. But, no, I think this team has a chance, obviously, to be very, very good. I mean, your pitching staff is Omaha good, and... You've got enough pieces right now that if just a few other guys can start picking it up at the plate, uh, you're going to be super, super tough in a super, super tough league. I do hate the way the schedule shakes up this year. I don't know. I I like the big games right off the rip, kind of. Well, I mean, you're at Missouri to start. That should be a sweep. I guess I just don't like that we are at LSU – and at Arkansas, I realize that the way the schedule f- flops, you know, you had those games at home two years ago, and then we were not, we didn't play Arkansas at all last year, right? Or LSU. We didn't have a series against either of those two teams last year. No. Yeah. So you did beat LSU in the SEC tournament, though. It's funny that LSU has Tommy White, obviously, Tommy Tanks, the North mm-hmm. Carolina State transfer who hit 27 home runs. As a freshman, I uh, think he's missed a game or two this year. But so far in the season, he's only hit two home runs. Really? Yeah, two home runs with nine RBIs. And uh, let's see, Callum also tweets in says that this is going to be the best team we've played so far. They okay. lead the nation in fielding percentage. Two errors all season. Really? Yeah. Wow. Are they- and they're a veteran-led team. I guess there's a chance they're not. They weren't ranked going into the weekend, were they? Uh, 
No, I don't so, think there, so. But there might be a chance they're ranked coming into. Well, I guess they'll release that what later on today. Uh, later this morning. Have, shouldn't it have been released yesterday? Seeing as yesterday was Monday. Oh yeah, I keep thinking it's not Tuesday. Uh, let's see if they're ranked here. I got the rankings pulled up right now. Others receiving votes. Uh, hmm. So obviously Tennessee stayed at three. For those who are wondering, mm-hmm. LSU one, Stanford two, Ole Miss four, Wake Forest five, Florida six. Uh, who cares about the rest? Uh, let's see. We're looking for Boston College. Are they in the top twenty-five? Uh, let's see. Hey, shout out to Campbell. Snuck in at twenty-four. Campbell's. This is according to D1 Baseball, by the way. Uh, Campbell, a familiar name for the Vols. We played them last year in the regionals. Uh, no, they are not ranked. Mm. It's kind of a scam right there. What are you, you, they don't want to give us. They don't want to give us a ranked win. Oh, is that so it? They're keeping them out of the polls. They're keeping Boston College down to help keep us down. Is that what you're? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I feel like the D one baseball guys love Tennessee. I don't Just know. Saying. It kind of felt like last year after some of our uh, incidents that they kind of pulled back on talking about us so much all the time. I don't know if that's just me, but. They got good coverage, though. Did you guys see all the uh, outrage after the Florida player flipped off the outfielder after the home run trot? Did he flip him off? Oh, yeah. Isn't uh, that Florida's best player, too? Yeah, Jack Caglianone. Did you see all the outrage? Uh, Yeah, I did. No, you didn't because there was none. Gave You're such a liar. There was no <laughs> outrage. Jordan Beck, they were ready to tar and feather and throw in the Tennessee River. Jack Caglione does it, and it's just, oh, yeah, that's boys being bo-. We have changed the game. Uh, I love how he made t- it his social media picture. Yeah, so. yeah. Tennessee does anything the guy's rem- so good too. remotely controversial in the game of baseball, and it's nothing but 45-year-old man. Back in my day, I'd put one right on his ear hole. And it's like, well, whatever, buddy. I'm I'm open to it. I say it. Look, the more hate you want to give us, the better. It was just really. I mean, everybody last year, and and granted, it was in the postseason. You know, it was in a regional against was that Georgia Tech we were yes. playing that night. So it's going to get a little bit more attention. Obviously, that team that was the the bad boys of baseball. But I did find it really comical that no. I mean, there were people making a joke about it, like oh look at this, but it was nothing like all right. What he did, that should be a suspension. He should be we on, ear-holed. Weren't it was we a, on ESPN, though, when Beck did his? He came around first base. Ooh. Wasn't it a playoff game? Or? No, it was a regional, yeah. Was, I don't remember if it was on ESPN, though. I wouldn't think that would be on ESPN, but it might have been. So, yeah, maybe it got a little bit more attention. And obviously, we were already getting a ton of attention because it's yeah. a historic season yeah. we were having. And they were, they were a lot of fun to watch. Towed the line. Yeah, I think this team's starting to develop their personality. Yeah, like I was gonna say their swagger, but I think that's it, like their personality. Because gone is the fur coat, gone is the daddy hat. We have done now the lightsaber and Darth Vader mask. That's just so cool, so cool. Well, I mean, it's I, was it Gino Oriema who used to call like Tennessee basketball, Tennessee women's basketball, the evil empire. Like we're we're the bad boys, so well, we're going. Some Vader. people actually think that. Darth Vader was the good guy in Star Wars, depending on, you know, 
what side you deemed right or wrong. Um, well, if you know the backstory, it was years and years and years of being the most evil man in the galaxy and then one good moment at the end. So, it's up to you. You know, countless deaths, but he does save his son's life. Yeah, I don't know about that. There are people who, like, from day one believe that, like, you know, Darth Vader's the good guy. And that Jedis are evil. I don't know. I'll look that up during this break. Fun theory. Then I got some gonna... bracketology for you if you want it. Uh, some, some Joey brackets? Yeah. Yeah, let's look at it because I got, I got it pulled up too. Actually, I don't, uh, I, this, is, this is updated as of last night. So this includes the loss against Auburn. I was actually very, very surprised by what, uh, what Lenardi had. I don't know if we can get by Montana State, though. It's the only problem. We'll hit a quick break. Updated Bracketology! I know some people are ready to move on, but you're never going to fire a coach that puts you in the tournament every single year. Unless he throws a barbecue hey, I mean, and lies Ge- about it. Georgia had enough of Mark Richt. The only problem is I think it'd take about eight more years of doing this for us to get to that point. I won't be that long. Well, how many did Rick get... Did he get 13 or 14? Was it 14 years Mark Richt was at Georgia? Ooh, that's a good question. I think that's right. I think it was 14. Somewhere around there. Not a better guy in athletics than Mark Richt. Okay. He, he's your pick, huh? He's your good old boy, pat you on the back selection? I mean, no matter how uh, – let's see. Yeah, you got – 15 years at Georgia. 15, okay. I mean, no matter how good of a person a coach is usually regarded as, there's always someone you can find out there that has something bad to say. I don't think I've ever heard anything bad about Mark Rick. Uh, the only bad part I remember is that when Eric Berry came on his visit to Georgia, Mark Rick uh, didn't know what he, who he was and had to write down like the information on his hand. Yeah, well. It's a five-star in-state player, though. So yeah. that's like the I, – I literally think that's the worst thing I've ever heard about Mark Rick. That and apparently Jeremy Pruitt threatened to beat him up. I'd take Mark Rick in that fight. Mark Rick would not fight. I know. You know better. All right, give me this bracketology update from Joey Lenardi. Well, uh, so right now Tennessee is still your three seed. In the East region. Doesn't that seem just damn near impossible at this point? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> damn near impossible. But uh, we would be playing the 14 seed Louisiana okay. in round one. Okay. Uh, and then just round two here is where it really goes to hell in a handbasket. Uh, you would be playing the winner of Creighton, Rutgers, or possibly Nevada, depending on who wins that play-in game. Right. So... Uh, Rutgers is a dangerous team. Uh, they're very inconsistent. Creighton. Sounds familiar. Creighton would be a matchup nightmare for us. 
uh, star big, star guards, veterans. Want to avoid that at all costs. I know nothing about Nevada, so. Were you really that worried about Creighton? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're three and three in their last six. Uh, they went on that really bad one, two, three. They lost six straight earlier in the season. Uh, that's when they were going through some injury trouble. But I believe they're fully healthy now, and they've still lost three out of their last six. Um, wins in that stretch were St. John's, Georgetown, who stinks, and DePaul. They lost to Villanova, Marquette, in a close game against Marquette, and they lost to Providence. So I'm not going to sit here and say I know a ton about Creighton. I believe I watched a little bit of that game between them and Arkansas earlier in the year. They did beat Arkansas in that game 90-87 to in – was that the Maui? Yeah, that was the Maui Invitational. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, man, I really don't hate that. Uh, if you were to make it to the Sweet 16, it'd be a likely matchup with, you said Montana State, what a joke, uh, with Baylor, who is the two. Uh, I would say your other option to come out of that side would be Iowa. Uh, the 7-10 matchup is Iowa and Boise State. And as it stands now, uh, Baylor, the two seed, would take on Montana State. I don't hate that. I also don't hate the fact that it would likely be Houston coming out of the other side. Yeah. If, if you made it that far, obviously, we've got a long way to go to uh, get to the Elite Eight. I mean, but Really, they're trying to just give the Elite Eight to us at this point. Oh, is that is that where you're at now? Is that uh, that's the new take, is if this were the bracket? And it's obviously not going to be the final bracket, but uh, I don't know. Like if, if this was the official bracket... And Tennessee wins, uh, say three games in Nashville. I'd feel I'd feel pretty good about this draw. Uh, I don't want anything to do with UCLA right now. Um, at that point, if you win three games in Nashville, you would have beaten Alabama likely. Although I don't necessarily think they're a, a shoe in to make it Saturday. Why don't you want anything to do with UCLA? They are probably the hottest team in the country. You don't right think now. Rick Barnes would have something schemed up for his dream job? No, I think he. It might be the opposite. He might respect UCLA's historic tradition and program so much that he, kind of like he, you know, did with Stackhouse. He was real proud of him after that win. We do just give everything to everybody this year. Oh, we're the kings of getting people in the tournament and saving their season. Maybe we'll be rewarded with good karma in the big dance this year. That'd be nice. I'd I take think it. It help us to see a big name on the front of a jersey. I do too. I mean, I know we, we played Michigan last year. They're fairly. Yeah, but they they were number four earlier in the season, but they were out of the top twenty five by the time they hit the tournament. I mean, there was a big name, but it wasn't a UCLA on a jersey rather than like a Boise State. Oh yeah, sure, sure. You know, but I don't know. I could be wrong. No, they've played better in big games this year for sure. Iowa State being a five seed still kind of baffles me. That that just shows how that just shows how good the Big Twelve is, though. Mm, The twelve loss team is going to be a five seed. Where are they in the Big Twelve now? Uh, Six, I believe. Uh, they actually play Baylor again in the in their first matchup in the Big 12 tournament. So they got to turn around and play them right yep. out of the gate? Yep. Wow. Like four or five days later after playing them originally. Maybe getting rid of what's What was the score in that game? What did they win by? Uh, Iowa State won by 18. Wow. Okay. I actually watched every second of that game, but I also had the uh, – it was a two-screen kind of day, so I had Alabama A&M on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game was more entertaining. Iowa State just walked the dog on Scott Drew. So CBS has this as a four seed, but it's really close because they have a the number one four seed, and I think Lenardi has this as the fourth third seed, right? 
I think, on that little, like maybe we were the 12th ranked or something like that on his bracket. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we're the last three seed for Lenardi. CBS has us playing Yale. Nope. And then the winner of St. Mary's and VCU would be the 5-12. Okay. Hey, actually. uh, You'd be in on that. From a name brand standpoint, it's not that scary. I'll watch St. Mary's play Gonzaga tonight. I believe that's when that game is, and I'll get back to we'll you. We'll get your official scout take <laughs> tomorrow. To okay. Well, it, I just we don't want to leave any stone unturned here as we enter March and start walking through uh, between now and Sunday what will likely be – 27 different bracketologies having us anywhere from probably a three to a five seed. I, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we get, unless we lose on the first round. I mean, I can't see us. I'd have us at a six. Seed. A six? Yeah. He's a hater. <laughs> You're right. I mean, you've beaten too many good teams for that to happen, but also lost to some absolute garbage teams. There's no way. I think A&M should be seated ahead of you. I mean, you can make the case for that, and they're not going to be. No, which is, but I get, I get what you're saying. Horrible. Yeah, they do have, well, and they, they, don't they have were, good wins. they were early. Though. Our losses they are horrible er- too, and, and they did beat you straight up more, like, more recently than theirs have. We'll hit a quick break. Come back. Get straight to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Matthew and Roberto, please hang tight. We'll uh, talk to you after this. Eight six five five four six eighty two hundred to join the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Where we head now to grab Matthew on this Optimism Tuesday. Matthew, good morning, sir. Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody! Happy the uh, happy uh, post engagement, uh, Houston. Oh, thank you. By yeah. The way. yeah, that happened over the weekend. That was that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, you'll get to do uh, endless fishing. She'll cook for you every time and. Anytime you want to go hang out with the guy, she's always saying yes, I'm sure. Yeah, that was part of the contract that we wrote. <laughs> um, look, I know Berto's on the other line, so I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, I just kind of want to unpack our conversation that I'm sure everybody was following yesterday about the lack of success with Coach Barnes. And I just kind of want to dive into something that I really thought was an important take is you, know, you look at guys like Tony Bennett, Matt Painter, and Greg McDermott, all having great seasons right now, all going to make the tournament, all probably going to have expected Sweet 16 runs. Um, but they also have a lack of, of lack of success in the tournament. Um, they were near the bottom of the list. And I just think sometimes when we look at March Madness success, that is the end-all, be-all. And I think you have to look at everything as a whole. And, I mean, if Matt Painter, at the end of the year, Rick Barnes wanted to retire, and we had an opportunity to hire Matt Painter – Every Tennessee fan would be on the board. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. There may be some yeah, people but, who, for whatever reason, would have a gripe about it, but I think a lot of people would be open to the idea of Matt Painter. Yeah, but I mean, just I mean, even Tony Bennett. I mean, a guy that won a championship what three years ago, four years ago. So, I agree. Rick Barnes' lack of success is very downing. It's awful, and I wish he had. I wish he was not. I wish he had more to offer. I really do. But at the end of the day, like you said, Houston, you're winning 20-plus games every year. Mm-hmm. You're getting guys in the NBA. 
getting into the big dance. And at the end of the day, you just got to have some shots fall. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast. And to Adam's point, why AM isn't higher? Well, unfortunately, AM had the 41st strength strength of schedule. Mm. He had four ranked wins. Tennessee had the fifth. Tennessee had five ranked wins in the ninth hardest schedule in the country. We've shown um, nothing but regression, though, for the last month and a half, and that's oh, concerning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. No, not, not at all. No, he's I just mean, saying resume it, eye test, you know. That, that's what's yeah. going to keep A&M behind. What's, what's going to keep a and I didn't know this, too, this will be A&M's first year, I believe, from what I was talking to a friend of mine that went to A&M. This is going to be A&M's first year in the tournament with uh, Buzz Williams. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, they, I think we all agree they should have made it last year. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, that guy's been there, what, eight years now, seven years? Uh, Buzz? Yeah, he's been there a while. Wow, surely it hasn't been that long. Google it, and I'll, I'll let Roberto get in here. But at the end of the day, I do. I'll be interested to see um, when that time comes. What Danny White will consider for the head coach, because we all remember he kind of he went after the home run, or at least tried to make a home run hire with James Franklin, and that fell through. And we're all happy that it didn't fall through because Josh Heupel's turned into a rock star. So I'll be really interested to see what Tennessee does when that time comes. Um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, Adam, I still stand by my bet. Tennessee's going to go further than Iowa State. Go balls, buddy. Take care. Uh, this is only Buzz's fourth year at A&M. He was 16 and 14 his first year, uh, 8 and 10 in the shortened season, 2020-2021. Uh, last year, 27 and 13. Uh, that included an NIT runner-up. And then this year, 23 and eight, but fifteen and three in conference play. I, I'm not saying conference or uh, the NCAA tournament is the end all be all. I do think it is a factor to be weighed, but it's the NCAA tournament. Like there's there are very few coaches who consistently perform in March, and even if you do, you've always got a couple of stinkers on your resume. A couple of years where you were. You know, projected to go to the Final Four, and you didn't even make it out of the round of 32. Like it just, it does happen sometimes that way. It just happens with some guys more than others. That is fair. And to Matthew's point, if Lenardi's bracket was the bracket we're going by, yes, I think Tennessee would make it further than Iowa State as it sits right now. They'd have UConn in the second round, according to Lenardi's bracket. Iowa State would have UConn. Yeah, that's a big fat no for me. That's uh, yeah, that's a well. It actually depends on which UConn team shows up. I don't think no team. They've been national championship good. They have. And they've been. How the hell are you guys going to make it, the tournament? Exactly. Bad? Yeah. So, did they deal with injuries like Creighton did, or did they just hit a lull in their you know schedule? I think they just hit a okay. Hit a lull. I wasn't sure. I'd have to go back and look and see if they had guys miss games or not. Because I watched them earlier in the season against Florida when Florida was healthy. And it was like they were just toying with them. And they I think they ended up winning that game by 16 or 17, but it could have could have been a lot worse. Uh, back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We'll grab Roberto on this Optimism Tuesday. Well, Optimism Tuesday. <clears throat> Let's see. <clears throat> let me count the ways. Oh, let me count um, the ways. Uh, first of all, Optimism. Congratulations, Houston. Thank Marriage you, is a wonderful institution. You're, no, you're institutionalized forever. <laughs> um, 
I love being married. It's actually great. We yeah, and uh, you got a good one there, buddy. I'm happy for you. I really mean that. Cheers. Um, this team could actually be pretty good in the. T- this team could actually make a pretty deep tournament run. I've been saying that since ZZ got hurt. Um, if they do a couple of things right, uh, so and and I mean they're athletic, they're long, but they've got to get out and transition. They've got to change the way they're playing offensively. Um. And they've got to keep up the way they were playing defensively. Yeah. Um, optimism Tuesday. There you go. That's the only thing I've got to be optimistic about. They they looked really bad on Saturday from what I saw. And I, I thought that maybe they were doing a little better on offense. It's just that Auburn's really bad at defense. Mm-hmm. Um, after after the re, the the proverbial rewatch, um, I think that. Uh, Rick Barnes has got to let these guys be athletes because that's what we are now. And, you know, because everybody and their brother should be pressing us for the rest of the, you know, whatever. We have what? The potential to have nine games, but probably somewhere in the ballpark of three to five games left in our schedule this year. Um, you should press the crap out of us. But if Tennessee does the right thing, and that's run Triple J and, and, um, Phillips, whoever happens to be in, because they usually switch those guys out, to the top of the key for the inbounder and then have them turn to break the press with a pass as opposed to a dribble, which is what Rick Barnes' teams always do, which is why they're so ineffective against a press. Um, then we might have a chance, you know? Um, I, I think, but the transitions where this is, if this team can run out and transition and get some transition points, I think that they're going to be okay. I really do. Um, but man, pulling the reins on this team as Rick Barnes has done, mm, this feels like 2008, 2009, and 2010 when he was at Texas. Mm-hmm. I I hate to be that guy and harp on that, but guys, that's just facts is facts is facts, and this team re- resembles those three teams so much. Early early season run, powerhouse run to the top five, in our case, top two. And then just, I mean, are we 500 since January? Ooh. Let's see. I don't know. Since we beat Kansas, how about six. that? That's a good marker. Oh, yeah, we're above 500 since then. And that was early okay. in the uh, season. I, I said Kansas. I'm sorry. I meant Texas. I meant Texas. The Big 12 Challenge. All right. All right. Is what I meant. I'm sorry. You're four and six in your Texas. last ten, right? If you count the Texas game, you're sub five hundred by a game. Oh, yeah. So we'd have to go back to the game before Texas because we won that one, right? Yeah, that was Georgia. I'm not looking this game. So we're six and six since we beat Georgia with a win over a good Texas team. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> and that's when we were ranked. Were we ranked number two at the time, or had we already fallen off a little bit? Uh, we were four at the time Texas came in. Okay, so it's still top five. Yeah. And we've gone 500 since, or under 500. Under 500 Look since Look at 2008 Texas. through 2010, Rick Barnes' teams. I'm telling you. And and even physically, they resemble the same type of team. Um, But to be back to being positive, um, I'm going to switch to baseball so I can be positive. Attaboy. Uh, I'm really... I'm really enjoying watching this team. I heard you guys say they're 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 kind of 
encapsulating their own swagger now. They're, they're kind of becoming themselves. I agree. Y'all, I, I want everyone to understand if you've ever watched baseball. I know you guys have, but a lot of people that are new to baseball, specifically college baseball, last year's team is not this year's team. Last year's team was a juggernaut of epic proportions that caught an unlucky couple of breaks in a series against a really good team in Notre Dame that had not played very many games. I mean, they played like 20 less games than we had, so they were fresher. And I want people to understand, we're not going to hit, uh, what was it, 168 home runs this year or something, 138 home runs? Yeah, it was, it was an That's ungodly not, number. It's not happening. It's just because I, I, I've already heard people belly aching about us not hitting enough home runs. Really? And I'm like, y'all, yes, huh. absolutely. People are belly aching that this team isn't as good as last year's team, and they're not. Because last year's team is arguably the greatest college baseball team ever assembled. Okay? But this team is good, good. Like, good, good. Y'all, when you have a midweeker like we did last week, mm-hmm. And no one out of the bullpen touches under ninety three with their under ninety three with their fastball. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be all right. Tennessee's got arms for days, and Cam Sewell's not even back. I I just think that Tennessee. This actually, we might have a better chance to win it all this year because of our arms. Um, and even even if you have a fall off and one of your starters has to take some time away, like we did last year a few times. <laughs> I mean, you throw in the Russell guy. Uh, you throw. I mean, God, Zach Joyce looks awesome. You got Halverson. I mean, we've got our. We've got. It's called an embarrassment of riches, <laughs> and we've got it uh, on the mound at Tennessee. So let's let's eat up this baseball team. They're fun to watch. They seem like all good guys. They're a little bit quieter than last year's team, but they're going about their business. They're not crushing people like last year, but that's okay too. And um, last things last, can we can we can we tamper with that guy from Gonzaga that hit three bombs the other night? Yeah, that guy was Is it okay uh, if we tamper. Yeah, maybe we just give him a, he, give him a call. He hit four home runs, and I think he had he had like ten of their thirteen RBIs for the whole weekend. <laughs> Uh, I, I just blanked on his name. It's it's uh, Hawker, Walker, Hawk, something like that. I really I can't remember, but um, that guy is a total freak show. And if I'm Tennessee and I'm willing to tamper a little bit, we are, by the way. Um, I would be calling him. Guys, have a great day. Go big orange. Was it Brian Colmer? Was that the guy's name? I the Gonzaga remember. player who was just bombs away. Might be worth a might be worth a phone call. Just just. Just saying. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, yeah, it was calmer. It was a fun series this weekend. Yeah, uh, as Brett said, like both games into like the fifth or sixth inning are pretty tight. Uh, Tennessee got down. Uh, dude, I don't know if we got down in Friday's game. But I, I, Tony Vitello said every game kind of felt like a comeback win uh, because Gonzaga's pitching was actually pretty good early on in all these games. Um I I like that they kind of found their own stuff as far as their celebrations. Um, I like the fact that Blake Burke just barely misses on a, a foul tip and talks a little smack to the pitcher who had just given up, I think, the grand slam right before that. 
and then gets uh, gets a little inside the shin on the next pitch. Tony, did you did you see that by the way when Vitello rushes out to basically fight the ump? Yeah. He doesn't toss the pitcher, and the ump's already halfway to the mound, sending him to the dugout. It was it was great. It was good stuff. It was really good to see uh, Maui Ahuna rack up some RBIs this weekend as well. Yeah, he's gonna he, he'll be fine. He just yeah. kind of had to get back in the the rhythm. I think I think he'll be a okay. And we which was it Saturday? Burke's diving catch in the field. I've actually, first I actually didn't see oh, that. Oh man, it was great. I heard about it. I've not seen it yet. Uh, he he doesn't look like the best athlete in the world, but that was a super athletic play. Uh, to get that out, and uh, obviously his bats have been in fuego. I like. I think Griffin Merritt's my favorite. The transfer, yeah, the big, Cincinnati big kid. Cincy kid. Okay, All right. Zane Denton looks just like he's seven out there playing. We've got a couple guys who you, I kind of want to check the birth certificate, and yeah. make sure they're they're able to be in college at this point. But it's all good. Uh, we'll hit our last break of hour number two and come back for the final one. It's three and out on Fan Run Radio. Shouts out to uh, Adam Hickman for the concert during the break. And by shouts out, I mean I literally shouted at him to cut it out. Okay. We, we, uh, we, are we, are we put a bow on this basketball thing. Are we just kind of saying let's see what happens in the SEC tournament? Right? Uh, yeah, I mean kind of. You can. One more thing to note. Okay. Evan Mayakawa. Yep. Nailed he, it. He ran his simulation again. Okay. You're not going to like it. Okay. He has this as a three seed, losing to 14 seed UC Irvine in round one. No way. And then UC, He had us going to the final four a week ago. And then UC Irvine would then turn around and knock off six seed Iowa State in round of 32. Cinderella. Wait, yeah. so he's saying we could potentially have a matchup with Iowa State in round two? Yeah. Uh, what's the bet you have with Matthew? If, 30, if, was it 30 bucks? 30 bucks? 30 bucks, yeah. It's a strange number, but okay. Was there a reason for 30? That's just what he said. I actually never agreed to that. I'd like to see the brackets first before I make that decision. But I think that's, that's fair, but I mean, I don't know, because now that you kind of have a cop-out, like, oh, I don't like this bracket, like... What percentage would you say you're leaning towards agreeing on taking the bet of whoever goes further, Tennessee or Iowa State? I would put it. I mean, it's thirty bucks. I'd put it. There's a seventy. There's a seventy percent chance that Tennessee goes further this year. Seventy percent chance Tennessee goes further. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, Iowa State. Iowa State got that big win this weekend. Got rid of the, the trouble in the locker room. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they did make the Sweet 16 last year. I just I love their coach. If if they get UConn in round in the round of 32, well, whatever you're seeing I, now, it won't yeah. be that. I mean, I'm not saying that particularly won't happen. But I've still but seen it some, seems unlikely some brackets for them that I wouldn't really call a favorable draw. 
I mean, and that's first of all, like I see names. I I don't I can't immediately think of oh this is what Creighton does on offense. I don't watch enough college basketball, but so far I have not seen a bracket come out where I'm just immediately saying we are in deep trouble. Now you've got teams like Yale. I've heard some people mention Vermont uh, as teams you wouldn't want to see in the first or second round. Um, I I tend to agree with Brett that if it's a Creighton in round two. I think that helps us more than if it's a underwhelm, you know, a team that's underwhelmed all year or uh, a power team that hasn't had as good of a year as they maybe expected. Like Creighton, I mean, they're in the top twenty-five. We've played a little bit better, at least against the top. Really, the, we played better against the top ten than we had the top twenty-five. But I think there are certain teams that carry a little bit more name value, especially when you talk about Creighton in the NCAA tournament. I think that kind of I don't know. That sparks a little bit more interest than some other teams. What? Like when we played Oregon State that year, it's like, okay, this is maybe the hottest team in the country, but it's Oregon State basketball. doesn't exactly get you fired up. Well, Creighton's good offensively. We asked, would we rather see a good defensive team or a good offensive team that we go against in the you know, NCAA tournament? I mean, Creighton's a lot better offensively than they are defensively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I think, I think I'd rather, I think I'd take that better offensive yeah i think so because i think we can let it depends on obviously if they're like the number one team in the country i don't i just it it depends like it's it's a balance it's all about matchups if they're terrible on defense i think that helps us because i i trust us to go through some spurts where we're just locking people down um but our problem has been you know we hold a team scoreless for five minutes and we've only gained you know six points on the scoreboard you know, maybe we go from down two to up four. I'd like to have a bad defensive team where instead of down two to up four, you're down two to up ten, yeah, 14. And, and Creighton, I mean, probably doesn't possess the athletic athletes right, right. as well that we struggle against. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna run good stuff, but with our well, athleticism, coach. we should right, yeah. we should be able to. And, and I think we're so good on the scouts normally. I mean, you, you think about teams that have given us fits. I mean, what Wendell Green Jr. Like, I don't think that was a – like Rick Barnes said after the game, we were really bad on defense. I don't think that was a scouting issue. I think that was a we can't stay in front of Wendell Green Jr. We don't know who can guard him, and he just gets to the basket what and creates. What we struggled with defensively towards the end of the game was we were switching. Adu found himself top of the key yeah. on Wendell Green no, Jr. The, just blowing right past him. Yeah. We, but we didn't have anybody help stepping in to help. Well, like draw a charge. we have had a lot of trouble with the top of the floor pick and roll action, the ball screen action, yeah. because teams know that we're going to switch everything, and they've used it against it. That's why when you go back and watch the Bama game, and we were essentially pre-switching the screens on the right. inbounds plays, we gave Alabama fits. But when teams realize that we're going to switch everything, that's what they're going to do. They're going to bring a big up, they're going to ball screen for the point guard, and then all of a sudden it's Adu or Kumwa on a guy who can get downhill and attack the basket. And as good as those guys are defensively in the post, when they're having to trail the point guard, uh, you know, off a ball screen, like it just, it leaves your defense too stressed to recover. And it puts, you know, everyone else in the, do I, do I help to the middle? If, if I'm on a shooter, how far do I hedge? I mean, there's a lot of variability there that I just think sometimes like, and it's, it's just so weird. Like, I don't know if ZZ made that big of a difference, but those those two games, I don't remember a two-game swing where the first game was just a defensive uh, – it was a disaster. I mean, as far as offense, I mean, it was just such a defensive game. You know, 46-43, right. to 43, 
and then you give up 49 in the second half. I don't remember. Auburn's good defensively, though. That's kind of what saved them a little bit this year. If you if I'd have told you on Friday we're going to score 70, would you have thought we won that game? No. Okay. They, they had too much to play for. Even well, that, uh, and that's fair. And that's a, that's a big deal having to go on the road for the final game against a team who's had their back against the wall for a while and coming off a tough loss to Alabama. Like I, I get that senior night tournament yeah, hopes yeah. on the line, packed house. Yeah, yeah I mean that. That, that that was that was a hard task for Tennessee to walk into, but. Uh, we'll switch gears on the other side. A little combine talk and maybe some uh, Tom Brady news. I don't know. We'll figure it out.